Hey leaders, it's season five of Leadership is Female. In this season, Emily and Paige are going to be coming to you each Tuesday to discuss another hot topic to help you level up in the workplace and in life. There's enough room at the table for all of us, so we are extending a hand back to lead you forward because leadership is female. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leadership is Female with Emily and Paige. And today we are talking about somewhat controversial, somewhat new, somewhat maybe you've never heard of it before, quiet quitting and acting your wage. And I will say that Paige brought this to my attention and I'm so happy she did because I feel like it's a little old school versus new school and uh, a little bit in between. So we are going to talk about quiet quitting today. And before I pass it to the page, I want to introduce sort of where we've come from. So Zig Ziglar, I'm sure if you Googled quotes about anything, like something from Zig Ziglar always pops up. And, and this guy says, do more than you are being paid to do, and you'll eventually be paid more for what you do. So that has been like the old way of doing things like work as hard as you can, and eventually you'll earn a promotion mm-hmm. and earn more money. But today, many workers are breaking the cycle. Uh, it's I feel like my entire summer was filled with quiet quitting articles with some of my coworkers saying, all right, it's time for me to quiet quit. I've had friends talk about it. I've listened to numerous podcasts. I think Emily, you and I have always talked about the benefit of this podcast is having you and I are in different parts of our career. We're in different ages. And there's some things that we see eye to eye on. There's things that we challenge each other. And this is a topic that when I tell you I am dead set in the middle of where I stand, like I could be pulled either way with it. Um, and I think you might be taken aback by some of my takes on some of what this term even means and how I evaluate it not only from someone trying to grow in their career, but from a management perspective as well. Um, but for those who aren't as familiar, here's kind of very layman's term definition of quiet quitting. So it's people are not going above and beyond at work. They're just meeting their job description. So you're essentially removing the other duties as a sign language, right? So you're there, you're crossing off those bullet points, you're done at five, you're shutting down. I get it. We, we're in the middle of the great resignation. We, during the pandemic, we learned that we don't want to be treated by our employers a certain way. We've learned how to negotiate for ourselves, how to, how to advocate for those promotions. I and mean, we've done episodes on that, Emily. Um, but people are fed up. And so they're not necessarily leaving their positions, but they're done always saying yes. And as someone who has learned the hard way of saying yes too much throughout their career, I get it, but then I'm tugged. I'm tugged because if I never said yes to things, I don't know if I would be where I am today. Quiet quitters make up 50% of the U.S. workforce. The ratio of engaged to actively disengaged employees is now 1.8 to 1, the lowest in almost a decade. So to your comment page, saying yes to all of those things before led to where you are today. I think maybe there could be like a line in the sand of then versus now. And 
are we now going to measure the success of an individual employee based on exceptionally meeting their job requirements rather than are they willing to do the other duties as assigned? It's it's tough. It's it's tough because I think about I like if I if I step into my manager's shoes and I'm overseeing a team of six. I respect when they tell me I don't have time to take on this extra project. And I like when they come forth and they they ask, like, how do you can you help me prioritize what needs to get done? But there are times where sometimes I am sitting in that brainstorm session. I'm like, someone else gonna take this or like who's gonna come forth with this idea? Or, you know, Gen Z is a is a tough generation and I think they bring so much value to the workplace and I this like little bit of boomer comes out of me where I'm like, well, back in my day, I didn't do this, but it's kind of like a, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting a little bit more from a manager perspective. Right. But then if I like take my manager hat off and I'm in the team member cap, like, yeah, I do get really frustrated when I've done 17 as other duties assigned and other team members haven't done anything and I'm not getting promoted, or maybe I'm, I don't have the salary that I think I should. And there are times where I'm like, you know what? No, someone else can raise their hands this time. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing really well. But then other parts of me, are, I, I kind of think about there are so many roles and careers that those people don't have the opportunity to quiet quit or act their wage. We think about teachers, nurses. I mean, the list can go on and on. And if they were to quiet quit or act their wage, like, I don't know, that doesn't like society like stop in some sense. I, it's That's another like probably whole other discussion, but it's, it's, it's a tough topic to think about. Yeah, well, it really, to me, I'm, I'm thinking about all the experiences you get when you work outside the bounds of your job description. And I suppose a lot in this conversation, we are specifically talking about the sports industry because you get hired for, and you know, maybe we can talk to other industries as well, but like, this is the one we know the best where Mm -hmm. you get hired to do a, a specific role, but then you need to help out in other areas. So say you're in ticket sales and your job is phone calls, phone calls to sell tickets, yet you still pull tarp, or you still uh, attend um, a charity event, or, you know, something goes wrong, and you've got to help out like in another area, or you get asked to join another team or an employee resource group, like there's always going to be ways to contribute beyond your job. But you said something interesting. You're the one who volunteers, you volunteer Mm -hmm. for 16 extra duties and there's other people on your team who don't and you you're all still in the same positions so you haven't advanced any faster or gained any more money than those individuals who've said no yet you've said yes and done the thing so i think first of all that is a a moment for those people who do go above and beyond to make it known you got to use your voice and mm-hmm. exhibit to your boss, your employer, sing your own praises about what you've done and how much extra you've done so that you deserve a chance to earn X, Y, or Z, whether it's the promotion, 
um, or it's the increase in your salary. I think those are great examples to show why you should beat out your teammates um, in getting the next role. So if you are that person who's still going above and beyond, only do it if you're going to leverage it for the next promotion. And what I would ask the quiet quitters or the people acting their wage is what are their goals? Is the goal to stay sort of just be comfortable? Like, I just Mm -hmm. want to do this and then get on with my life. Like when I leave the job, or am I a person who is ambitious and I want to run the company one day, but I'm going to do it by exhibiting these sets of behaviors. I think that's an interesting question to ask as well, because Mm -hmm. One thing that I have learned in my management career is that not everybody is the next president of the company, even if I wanted them to work or pursue that path through the way that I mentored or managed them or guided them. I thought, you know, I think everybody has potential. So like, let's try to get there together. And some people, that's not their goal. So I think that's also a good question to ask is like, is this person showing up for essentially the paycheck um, and the job is enjoyable enough that I will get the bullet points done and the the task list complete and leave for the day? Um, Or is it still somebody with aspirations to run the company one day, but then they're not uh, exceeding their job duties? What's your take on that? I like the the leveraging all the extra duties that you're doing, keeping track of that and presenting that um, and using that as like, hey, like I really should be elevated if that's the path you want to go. I think it is fair to kind of break that down and figure it out, I think, which probably leads to another discussion of what people define success as, right? Like some people don't want to manage people. Some people want to, they, they work to live, not live to work, which is a phenomenal way to live. And I wish I had a little bit more of that in me. I think with the leveraging too, and and having that open line of communication with your boss is key. I think, A, if you have asked for that promotion or that raise and you haven't gotten it and it was due to like budget or just, it wasn't there for the company that year because that happens, right? I mean, we're potentially entering this recession that could happen for a lot of people in this next year. I think in that respect, if you have been able to document where you've gone up and beyond and you're not getting that next step, I can understand taking a step back in that next year and saying, if that can't be met, then maybe I do kind of set those boundaries at work and figure out where do I put that passion elsewhere. But I think if you're not asking those questions and you get to your end of the year review and you don't know anything about your company's budget cycle or when's the right time to ask for promotion, that's kind of on you to an extent. Um, so I know my first time really wanting to get that raise and promotion, I asked my boss, like, what is the timeline for this? When do we need to start having these conversations? And he laid out that timeline for you. So I would recommend having that conversation with your boss, keeping that documentation, outlining what your goals are for what your time with that company is going to be. And if you've done all of that and you're still not moving, then maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe it is allowing yourself a moment of quiet quitting to then find that next position where quiet quitting doesn't even cross your mind. But I definitely think there's a lot of layers to that onion and kind of why I'm like so stuck in that middle ground. Yeah, I totally agree. And when you were talking, I was reminded of 
when you manage people, there's this time of year where one person after another enters your office to ask you for more money. Mm -hmm. And it's like a kind of a domino effect. Once the first person goes, then they all go. And each conversation is very, the first time it's, it's very unique. And then after the first time, at least if you're talking to me, you know what to do, but I've had the first conversation, lots of variations. I've the person who is, I've already been thinking about how much more to pay them and what their promotional title would be. Go figure. They're the person who walks in and says, Emily, look at all the things I did this year. This mm-hmm. is the impact I made for the company. The person who walks in and says, I've been here a year. I want more money. That's not necessarily how it goes. Like maybe there's right. a standard increase for cost of living, and that might be what you're going to earn. But anything above and beyond that, like you have to be, I believe you have to be able to present what you did for the company. Now, where the fine line lies here, I think, is there might be a way to do it by acting your wage. If you do all of your duties as assigned, right? You do everything that you are supposed to do and you do it with excellence and Mm -hmm. no more. I believe that there is a, a promotion in the future for that individual because there's people who are employed who can't even do the base level, right? Yep. And so if, oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're holding yourself accountable for those job duties and just sticking to that and to that alone, I might have respect for someone who says, Emily, I nailed it. Like I yep. did, I, I did all of these things that you asked me to do and I did them with excellence. And if I were, I don't think I would even say this, but if I said like, well, what did you do above and beyond? And they were like, nothing. I was focused on meeting the goals that were set forth for me. And that was it. I'd be like, Oh, you know, mic drop moment right there. So maybe there is some type of opportunity for employees to live in a rather than like, well, it depends on the culture of your company, right? If you called it Mm -hmm. quiet quitting or acting your wage or just doing the duties that are assigned to you and doing them with excellence and not really signing yourself up to do all of these massive things because you could rebut back to the employer that it was taking you away from your core job duties. I mean, that might be helpful to companies. And maybe the new question here is, have we gone too far in the other duties as a sign that the core yes. competencies are missing? No, it's it's true because I feel like I have I'm having an epiphany. I'm, I might be pulling being pulled one way and need to go down the acting your wage level because there does come this time where you do get so focused on those other duties as a sign that you kind of forget what you're there for. Um, and I like the last few weeks as we're winding down that end of the year, and I just know that. I'm always the, the note taker or like, I'm always making these decks or I'm always making this one cheater. And when I say like, no, like it feels really good, but you still have that like guilt. Cause you're like, I can't believe I said no to that. But then I'm looking at my to-do list and there's like the true nine things that need to get done, but that haven't because I've always chosen the other duties as a sign. Um, it is a, it's, I think it's, it's a good thing to think about is did we, have we lost our core? Because we have to always be these hustlers and then how you got to have your seven side hustles and one's not enough, but sometimes I think less really is more. 
I will be so honest here and say that I've been in positions before where I have signed myself up for way too much. And all of a sudden I'm leading in too many areas with too many personal deliverables, right? It's like one thing to um, manage a bunch of projects, but then when you're managing the projects and participating in the project, like you're putting your fingers to the keys or the phone to your ear and managing the people and you're doing it in six different areas, like what percentage is that barometer of Mm -hmm. effort, output, and excellence, right? Are you at like 60% if you've got six different things going, like depending on the scope, not all of those could be at a hundred percent. And I got myself in a real pickle at one point in time in my career where I said, I've taken on too much. I do not want to be in charge of this anymore. It is taking away from these core competencies that I feel are my strongest and they are lacking right now because I'm spending too much time on this extra project that I shouldn't have ever been in charge of. And I was met with a too bad because there wasn't anybody else to do it. So Mm -hmm. there is a really, you know, it can be a very negative effect, like even on the production and the career arc, because you might get yourself like too far down the track, like in my situation where I couldn't even back out of it anymore because there wasn't anybody else to like hold the ball if I put it down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that um, that's something maybe we should all be considering. It's one thing to be like a go-getter, but if you can't do all the extras and the core, then that whole, you know, outwardly quitting that, uh, that extra or um, quietly quitting or acting your age, you know, that might be something that, uh, that needs to be considered. And you had posed some interesting questions in the, uh, the notes for this episode page. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go through a couple of them, whether we explore them or just our listeners think about it a little bit. It's when does quiet quitting hurt your professional or personal growth? I think we talked about that a little bit. And I think that that's definitely, if we have any, like, you know, journalers on the phone, like that might be a, a prompt for the future. Um, do you understand your organization's promotion and budget cycle, which I think we talked about a little mm-hmm. bit as well? Like, when is it going to be time to ask for more money or uh, that title bump or apply for another position within the organization? Like, are you, pre- do you know what it is and are you prepared to defend your work? Um, are you keeping tab of all the extra work you're doing, communicating this to your boss? I think I've kind of poked you to talk about the 16 extra things that you've taken on in 2022. Um, And then should younger employees really be quiet quitting? Now is the time to take any opportunity you can get. And I want to talk about this because I, on this podcast, I interview Mm -hmm. a lot of executives, right? We talk to all Mm -hmm. these women and many of them, and I can think of five names off the top of my head, have said on on their interview that they recognize new top talent 
because it's the person going the extra mile. It's the one that before they leave the office for the day, check in and say, hey, hey boss, is there anything else that I need to do before I, I get home tonight? That is still recognized and appreciated. And I think we haven't come to like a position yet in business where the quiet quitters are the leaders of the future. Right. The leaders are still those that value going the extra mile. So I wonder how that can be navigated by those younger employees. Like, do they succeed in, in a way that is meaningful? Um, are they, do they float or do they find a new good job? Yeah, it's um, this one. I like this question specifically, like when we, we talk about the other ones you just mentioned, I'm leaning towards the Oh, you know what? I think maybe it might be okay to quiet quit. And then when we talk about like the younger employee side of it, this is where I'm like, this is a terrible concept. Why would anyone follow this? Because it's just when you have, I don't like, let's just think about like energy, right? Like I am barely <laughs> 29 and I just do not have it in me anymore on some things. Like I don't know how 22 year old Paige would go to a work conference, be up till. 3am with friends and being at the hotel bar and waking up at 4am to set up an event. I don't know how she did it, but she did it. And she got to a good place in life because of it. How I just, um, I encourage those who are younger, who have so many great ideas. I don't think it always has to be adding on four new tasks, but it is kind of that check in with your boss of like, do you need anything else? Or like, Hey, I seen that you've been talking with this client a lot on this project. Can I just sit in on that meeting to learn? Like it's it's having that natural ability to be curious and to expand and to it doesn't always mean taking on a project, but just like what are you doing to really round yourself out as a young professional? I mean, you don't know what you don't know until you get exposed to it. Like college and sport management programs while there are some phenomenal ones out there, it's such a sliver in your career, right? You're, you you get the foundations, it's, you have the blocks, but you haven't like built the thing yet. So always be a learner, always be curious, push the limit, ask like, why do we do this? Um, I'm someone who asks a million questions that sometimes it comes across as like, why is this girl like digging in so deep? But it's because I want to understand from A to Z. And yeah, maybe it does make you stay an extra hour at work. But I, I just think about those times that I did stay after work to learn. And I I see it now being eight years in, how much of an impact that is. So I just, I if you are younger and listening to this podcast, because we know you are, we see our age demographics, like really evaluate that and take that into next year. You know, continue to advocate for yourself, set those boundaries, but like stay curious and I don't know. And just like, learn a little bit. Yeah. And don't hang around just so somebody sees you hanging around. Yes. Right. Like I've seen that employee before that is just grabbing another granola bar from the, from the kitchen at six o'clock at night. And their computer has the same PowerPoint on it from four hours earlier, you know, like that's not really doing anything like go home if you're not working. Um, mm -hmm. but when you are there, like get it done. And I'm I'm not one that, that counts the hours. I count the productivity. So I, you know, you might not, 
I would, if you were staying till like 10 o'clock at night, I would be wondering like, what were you doing during the day that was getting in the way of you getting your work done? So, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's also something to consider like that, that productivity piece. Um, I would also say managers, how are you contributing to quiet quitters? Do you give more work to your best employees versus spreading the work equally among your team? So I was, I I don't know what your take is on this page, but I was thinking like our managers in some ways creating quiet quitters because they're not recognizing them as people who can get the extra stuff done or would do the extra project in a way that was pleasing to the manager and the manager is giving the work to the best employee. So you're automatically creating a quiet quitting demo and creating an other duties as assigned like 16 project hand raiser. Like, could that be something that a manager is doing maybe without knowing? And this, in this situation, it wouldn't be the employee selecting, it would be the manager picking. I, if I had to put it on a graph, I would say 60% of managers are contributing to it and 40% would be the employee. And I like, as I've gone through my first full year of really managing a team, I see it that I am so guilty of that. And it's it's not that you don't have that trust in the other employees. You just know someone's gonna get it right. But I think back to your comment about how when you realize like you got the too bad comment because no one else could take over. Like think about all those opportunities you're almost stealing for those. And those could be really great growth opportunities for those who don't always raise their hand. And you know what? A lot can contribute to why they don't raise their hand. Maybe they don't have the confidence in themselves to take on that kind of project. Maybe they never done something and are like afraid of like, what that is even, what does a deck even mean? What does a presentation even mean? Um, so I, I do think managers to take the time to self-reflect and wonder why your team is quiet quitting. Um, that's a hard pill to swallow. It really is. Yeah. And, um, you know, your last question that you posed was really about if an organization doesn't have the budget or salary, um, increase opportunity available, what other benefits can you offer that are meaningful to employees? And I would say first and foremost here that the meaningful to employees is a question you need to ask your employees not come up with as a management team. Like that is number one. You need to ask the people what they want and see how it fits in with, with the budget. Cause the budget is the money, but it's also the time and the resources that the business uh, has available. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to add value for employees, but finding out what the most valuable ways are is number one. Yeah. And I think, I think I grew up in a household where my mother is incredibly creative and if she could save a dollar, like she would do anything to do so. And so I've always applied that mentality in my management. And I think a lot of team members just want to feel supportive and also get professional development. It is so easy to program every six to eight weeks of lunch and learn for your team. Tap into your network A, you're able to reconnect with those who you maybe haven't followed up with in a while. You get to teach a new area of the industry, a different skill set, and then they get to interact and build their own network and then it continues to grow. Like think about those small things that you can do that really don't 
cost anything and can also like build a network for your team because those, those opportunities are out there for sure. Yeah. I think that is a fantastic point and writing in a budget for professional development, like a budget line is also really important. It's amazing how far a thousand dollars can go for a department. It's not a lot of money when you look at the overall budget, yet it can be incredibly meaningful to some of those teammates. Um, One tip I have for listeners is where to find that money. I think that people are still spending less time meeting over lunch and dinner. And those budgets used to be pretty big uh, in the different departments that I managed, taking people out to lunch, taking people out to dinner or drinks. Uh, I, I prefer coffee meetings, coffees, my gosh, sometimes they're $7 a piece. That's ridiculous. That's another topic. That's like way less than a lunch, you know, or you're meeting over zoom for efficiency because we've all like, do I really need to drive there? Right. So can you steal from that budget to add, add something in for professional development for the team? I would look there first. I think that's, that's a tremendous way to add value. And then also, you know, who are your vendor relationships? Are there ways that you can leverage those to create a gifting suite for your employees that is something that they get to choose themselves? Or if you're working for a team, I I know that team, the nice team logo gear in the team shop is really meaningful because it's part of the working wardrobe and Mm -hmm. it's great to get that, um, you know, comp by the company or, you know, gift card to shop. Uh, and then also, I don't think we can ever undervalue the time off. And what I've found, uh, the, you know, of course, like having your own time off days to be flexible with is fantastic. But for me and what the staff reported is full office closure is just undeniably the best thing ever. If you can swing mm-hmm. it for a day or a week, if you're not operating really at full force between Christmas and new year's, like that time is invaluable because your inbox isn't filling up while you're gone. There's a pressure right when you return. So those are some ways to really add value, I think for employees. And then as an employer, like, don't forget to tell them that you did it right. Like you've got to take credit for what you did and, and that you did it to help them like right thing your and the company's praises as well and so in what what they're offering the employees so they make sure and recognize like oh man my company's pretty cool you know they they did these things for me and I feel really supported I love that and like the one more thing that's also free it doesn't really excuse not giving someone promotion but a handwritten note to someone like think about how many like emails and text messages you get a day the idea of someone taking the time to like write down like a thank you for really crushing it on this project or like, Hey, I've noticed you really contributed this way. Those little moments do really mean a lot. You'll find that they keep those little notes on their desk and that's, that's how, you know, so, mm-hmm. all right, well, we've talked a lot about quiet quitting, acting your wage ways to add value for employees that maybe would prohibit some of the quiet quitting behavior because employees feel seen, valued, and appreciated by their workplace. And also maybe opened up your eyes a little bit 
when you're evaluating what might be considered quiet quitters. So mm-hmm. how well did those quote unquote quiet quitters perform? Well, they did hundred percent a plus on all their, their job duties. Like, is that really a forum for punishment or holding back from that individual? Or is that really time for celebrating? So let's, uh, let's think about that one as well. So thank you for presenting this topic page and let us know what you think audience about quiet quitting, how it applies to your business. And, um, we can keep talking about the topic. Yes. And we'll add a few articles to the show notes. If you are interested in learning a little bit more or seeing some different resources on it, it is a very interesting topic. So stay curious, everyone. Stay curious. Let's go. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. We are all busy professionals, right? That's why I'm always looking for the best products that are both convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. Mobot is a beautifully designed water bottle and foam roller in one. This company is female founded and led, which is huge for us at Leadership is Female and supports our core philosophy to elevate women. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of camp to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps so much with recovery and it feels good. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadership is female to get 15% off. Support Lanny, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness product. Visit mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale to get 15% off today. You have heard so many of the professionals on this podcast talk about the importance that a mentor has made in their career. I have had so many listeners reach out to me to ask me about mentorship. The problem is mentors don't grow on trees. I'm working with my company, The Assist Group, to, well, provide the assist. We're going to form a mentorship cohort so that we can make sure you find the mentor you need to help your career grow. Make sure you're on the list to get all the details when they drop later this year. Visit theassistgroupwins.com to join the waitlist. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.